I'm no longer bound, I'm no longer chained, I'm no longer captive, no longer restrained. Delivered, set free, and free to be me. Let me introduce myself. Welcome to Be the Light with Pastor Zekir Robinson. In this show, I interviewed Pastor Brandon Knight. We discussed the importance of a father and the challenges he faced when his father was not present. But through God's mercy, he was able to turn his life around. There is hope in the end. So let's tune in because this is a show you don't want to miss. My name is Freedom. Welcome everybody to Be The Light. This is Pastor Zachira Robinson. And today I have BK the Pastor Brandon Knight on. <laughs> you can say the woo, 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 woo. <laughs> He's like silently doing it. <laughs> How are you today? <laughs> I'm doing good. How are you? I am good. Thank you so much for saying yes to the show because I'm telling you, I've tried to reach out to you a few times. And when you finally sent the um the response back of yes, I do it, I was like, praise be to God, finally. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, where are you at? I don't what exactly are you located at right now? So um, I am in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Okay. I knew it was Florida. Okay. I don't know why I was trying to put you in Jacksonville. I don't think you want to be there. So. No, I'm in Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> <laughs> so it's about a good, what, six hours from Tallahassee, Florida. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, perfect, perfect. So thank you again for saying yes to the show. And um, for those who are coming on, we um, are getting ready to talk about his testimony. You know, a lot of people have testimonies and how they come to Christ, testimonies throughout their journey. And then there's some people that's like, you know what, I was... Born and raised in church, you know, but mm. I stepped outside of God's will and like we always do. And yeah. so what was like for your journey? Like when it when it comes to your childhood, what was some of the things that was installed in you or maybe you didn't grow up in church? What was that like for you? So um, in my childhood, I actually did grow up in church and then we kind of kind of left away from the church for a certain period of my life. And um, growing up, I, I, I saw a lot of, I would say, women role models more so than men because um, my family had majority of women in their, fam in, in their family. And so um, I grew up around a whole lot of women and stuff of that sort. And then um, there was a, a big, uh, I would say a big gap to me um, in my lifetime where it was about a year where my father actually went to jail. Mm. And during that time period, um, of seeing him, you know, over, you know, the phone or maybe just seeing him like, you know, behind the bars and behind the cell. It kind of did something to me psychologically that that caused me to kind of be reclusive, if that makes sense, or to be to myself. And um, I would say as we got as I got older, you know, I got into the church and stuff of that sort. And it's really actually as I got into the church that that's when everything started to actually happened concerning like the testimony and stuff of that sort. Yeah. Um, because when you get to know God, you begin to realize that the wrong that you're doing and, and the things that you have done that is not of him. And so um, I could go into the testimony, right? Yeah. Hey, if you want, if you're ready, I did want to ask the question because oh, okay. there oh. is a lot of men, young okay. men and, and young kids, not just men, but that deals with their parents having mm -hmm. to go away to prison or jail or whatnot. Um, how obviously you mm -hmm. said, you know, that was pretty detrimental to you, to your, to your life and, you know, possibly to your upbringing as mm -hmm. well, because a father's role 
play is a is a huge mm. role okay especially for for young ladies if our fathers isn't there we tend to go out and we tend to mess with guys and stuff and do things sooner than we should because we're looking for love yes. in all the wrong places and then for mm. guys you know um it could be to the point where you see a lot of them out on the streets doing drugs you know trying to fulfill awesome. you know fulfill that role in the home that the mother may need if she doesn't have someone there and so when it came to you in that situation <clears throat> do you think it was one of them things where you were trying to fulfill the role in the home for your mom or was it just you know i know that you just said it's a part of your testimony like what was that like for you for those who's listening oh, I, I was pretty young when that happened so okay. i wasn't really fulfilling that role but i believe that um because in, in that time period that is one of the time i was i would say i was maybe around like three four okay it's it's one of the time periods where a child is developing the most and during that time period, I believe that maybe some mannerisms were, you know, brought forth in some some ways that I, you know, have acted um, in the past have come forth because of that time period. And so um, I think it is is very detrimental, especially if you didn't have a parent or your father in your life from between the ages of when you're born up until maybe like five, because those are time periods where they're getting the most knowledge and the most development is happening. And, and you know, that's why some people, they read the books to the babies and stuff like that, because during that time period, they're, they're learning more. And so I believe that that loss definitely kind of gave like a void in a way. So it had to finally be fulfilled. Yeah. So what would you speak to someone that's listening right now um, concerning that topic? Obviously, you were younger, but now that you're older, what would be some encouraging words to maybe a, a teen boy or a teen girl that's going through this situation? Because I'm not sure how long he was in there for. But um, you can speak on that. I would say do not find an answer in the world because the world will not give you an answer, mm. but God is the only one that's able to give you that answer that you need. If you find or try to find the answer in the world, you're going to find answers that cannot give you the answer that you need. Yeah. But when you find the answer in God, he will give you the right answer and it will be an answer that will fill that boy while he also steps in, in that boy, because the Bible says that he's a father to the fatherless. And so if the father isn't there, he's able to step in that role and then give you the answer at the same time. Amen. Amen. I'm going to tell you, because like my father, he he wasn't he wasn't present. He was there, but wasn't there. Like it felt like he was in prison um, just because like he was in prison with alcohol. And, you know, he was, you know, that's just like from the time that I seen him, the time he woke up, he was drinking, the time he went to sleep, he was drinking. So it was one of them things where I didn't really know my father until I got into about high school. Yeah, about probably about high school. And then he finally praised God. He got saved and turned his life over. He's been clean from alcohol ever since. So I'm excited about that for his journey. But during that time, I, you know, like, like what you're saying, it was something that you needed from your father. And for me, it was definitely something I needed as a young lady, just because I didn't know how to be loved. I didn't know what type of man to look for. I didn't know the qualities, but what did I end up doing? I ended up going and following the footsteps of what my father was. And those were the type of guys that I was attracting. And the crazy thing is it, it was, it was, you know, hurtful. It, it, it did some things to me psychologically. It did some things to me mentally, physically, emotionally to where, um, you know, as I began to get a little older, it was one of the things where it's like, okay, now I'm over here with this guy. Now I'm over here with this guy because I'm looking for this type of love that obviously comes from our heavenly father. But when you don't really have that relationship with him, you look forward to other things, alcohol, drugs, you know, and of course, whatever it is, you're going to try to find it. And it works temporarily, but it would never be satisfying permanently. 
And so you wanted to talk about, you said it was leading up into your testimony. And so let's talk about that testimony. What, what was that like for you when it, when it came to, you know, trials and tribulations and things that you entered into and like how God set you free? So it all, it all started, (laughs) but it all started where I was in the place and, um, I was molested by an, a family member that um, came, well, it was really close to me. And that, that touch, I believe sparked a whole big, you know, ball of confusion and all of, uh, and, and even with that touch that happened to me or those things that happened, there was also, um, even with the, you know, my dad not being there, that all kind of came together and kind of had, you know, you know, basically came together and made a bigger issue. And so, Similar to what you're saying, like at first, my dad, he was he was the same way, you know, he was on alcohol and doing all of this stuff. And um, he was there, but he wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And so I always had my mom and I thank God for my mom. I thank God for my dad, too. But my mom was really there. Yes, and, thank um, God for our be, mamas. <laughs> yeah, I can be very honest with that. But um, what ended up happening was, you know, I grew up and, you know, going through school and stuff like that. I felt as if I was an oddball, of course, you know, when people wanted to play basketball, I was jump roping. People wanted to um, play football. I was like, let me go draw on the ground and play hopscotch, you know, and mm-hmm. that also caused me to be what is called, what we would say an outcast um, because I wasn't like everybody else. Um, my voice is not the deepest voice. I already know that. And back then, of course, before puberty and stuff like that, my voice was not the deepest voice. It was really high pitch. And so um, people would look at me weird and they look at me different. And of course, like I said before, with the mannerisms and stuff, I had these mannerisms that would attribute to what a female would do. As I continue to grow up, you know, from elementary school, you know, I was called different names. Um, um, of course, the, the random name. I cannot say those names. I want to make sure. Uh, I go, go ahead. You good. Okay. Names such as, you know, gay, um, homosexual, um, you know, girl, etc. Those types of names and those names triggered me. They actually, I would say, kind of attached themselves to me. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people don't know that that the words that you've been called as you grow up, they attach themselves to you. And then you have to now be free from even the words that people have called you because they become what is called trigger words. Mm-hmm. And so anytime somebody says that it, it triggers this emotion or it triggers this this problem or this trauma that you've been through. And now it festers and comes back up. But called these words and so as i'm growing up you know i'm being called all this stuff and now the mind battles are coming and now i'm feeling depressed every now and then um I, at one point in time i felt like i was bipolar because mm-hmm. i'll be happy what one second and then i'm going down the next second and then i found myself going into um watching things online that i was not supposed to be watching and um that was where my comfort was mm-hmm. my comfort was in finding myself in that area and so for a long time i was battling with lust and perversion and and things of that sort and that thing actually hindered me for i would say maybe like eight to ten years of my life wow and it, it was to the point where like if i was to walk outside and i would look at someone i'll be looking at them in a negative manner and i'm talking to you in front of you in front of your face but i'm looking at you in the negative manner and it was very horrible yeah um then these attractions came in and all this stuff. And then I finally in high school, when I turned 17, decided to act on the attractions. And 
I began to have intercourse with whomever. And that opened up a group, a grander door to homosexuality, where now, since that situation happened, I now started going out to different hotels. And, you know, I was going out to different parks and places and doing stuff with people that I knew I was not supposed to be doing. But I did it anyhow. Got into several relationships, got heartbroken and all of these things. And I, it, it got to a point where... I had to cry out to God because I had that that part in me that was like, okay, I know God. I know of him because, like I said before, I've been to church and I've been there and going. And so I just didn't know how to figure out and deal with these feelings. I don't know how to stop these, these attractions that I still have. And as I'm reading the word of God, I heard the Lord tell me to go on a 40 day fast. I went on a 40 day fast. Um, and I had bricks in between and stuff like that. I was probably maybe like 200 something pounds and I dropped down to maybe 175. I promise you. It was, hey, when you fast, it has some type of benefits outside of spiritual. <laughs> I lost a whole lot of weight. People were like, are you sick? Are you okay? Are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm just a little hungry. That's all. But so I did the fast and um, I, I literally it got to the point where it was so powerful that I would even fall asleep. And as I fall asleep, I would literally wake up from naps and it was like spirits were literally leaving and stuff of that sort. And it was just so mind blowing to me. But then I realized that after the fast was done, there was still the bondage there mm. to watching those things online. That I was not supposed to watch it. And so I'm like, God, well, how do I make free from this? I did this 40 day fast, lost all this weight. I starved myself. What do I do? And he said, you have to forgive. Mm. And it hit me. Yeah. I did not forgive the person who oppressed me. Mm. And that was the main root that was there that caused me to go through all of that stuff. And so once I forgave him for what he did, it was literally that same second that all of it broke. And I can say to you that it's been about, let me count, one, two, three, four, nine, six, about seven years free of that stuff. Amen. And so I want to I want to definitely say something about that, because there was one important thing you said was that you were fasting and see the scripture says that when you are praying and fasting, you know, that's when some of these spirits leave because yes. it, some of them won't leave unless you pray and fast. Yes, um, yes, yes. And I, I can testify to that because there was some things that I was dealing with, like um, anxieties and fears. And I remember God telling me to go on a. It was a 21 day fast and it was where I basically was from like 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. where I didn't eat anything. And then I'll eat it, you know, after that, mm. but then it start over the next day. And during those hours, obviously, you're to be in your word, you know, you know, filling those <laughs> eating times with God time. And I was doing that. And I remember sitting on the couch and I was, you know, God led me to a certain prayer and I began to pray this thing. And I'm telling you, I felt, you know, you could sometimes feel you, yeah. you know, them leaving your body. And I just remember like thinking, oh my goodness, I remember jumping up, coughing, running to the bathroom, throwing up, like, where, what is going on? I'm like, praise God, I'm getting set free and delivered. It was an amazing feeling. And I knew in that moment, all I could do is just cry out and weep to God. So there is power in fasting, you know? And then the thing is, is people have to understand that the Bible says that when you fast, not if you fast, a lot of people's on the assumption, oh, I don't, you know, I'll, 
I don't have to fast. No, it didn't say you don't have to. It said when you fast, which that means mm-hmm. that is something that you are expected to do. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to mention was, um, and I'll let you piggyback on, on what I was just saying. But the other thing I wanted to mention was when you were going through this, did like your mom notice? Did someone notice like what was st- some changes started to happen? And how did they take to the changes? So I believe my mom, do, I feel like my mom knows everything. I <laughs> she knows everything. And so my mom did know. Um, my dad kind of knew because I had brought it to them. Um, I've always been an open person. Um, well, I'm, let me bring it back. I have always been open, but as a those time periods, I became more open because I figured out I could have to do that by myself. I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm going through this and this is something that's very detrimental in my life. I need to get, you know, tell somebody. And so um, they kind of knew. They knew what was going through. I didn't tell them everything, but I'm sure um, they knew more than they needed to, you know, that I told them. And um, they were really supportive with it. I know my mom was definitely really praying. Um, my dad, I believe he was praying as well. And um I believe that the fervent effectual prayers of the righteous avail much. Yes. Yes. I like to I like to hear that because, you know, I have a son, actually two of them mm-hmm. that I'm like really praying mm-hmm. for constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, not just praying for their change, but I'm just thanking God for their change because his word mm-hmm. is not a lie. And I know that if I'm praying, them spirits mm-hmm. got to go and <laughs> they can't yes. stay. You know, it's just it's on God's timing, you know, and I'll, I'll, also it's on them, you know, willing to yield to to the power of God. But I love to hear how God literally can take someone such as us and then mm-hmm. change it and turn it around. Because I, too, almost went into that lifestyle of wanting to go with the um, the same um, sex as well because of things that I have been through. But it was one of them things where I was just like, OK, I had to go back on the foundation of what was I'm taught? Where is this coming from? Where? Why is this just starting? It's, and it goes back to being hurt. It goes back to my father not being there. It goes back to just being out doing things I have no business doing. And then I also I was surrounded by those mm-hmm. types of people. Um, and I. I don't want to just say those people, you know, but you know what I mean? I was surrounded and influenced by them um, because that's all what my friends was. And so once I begin to cut those relationships off with people, it's like that that urge and that urgency of wanting to to live that lifestyle. It literally completely left. Okay, so then I just was in isolation. <laughs> I was isolated, um, especially when you're turning away from the lifestyle of the world. You go through an isolation phase because now God have to rebuild you. you have to, re- you know, um, give you new friends and a new environment. Did you go through that when when it came mm-hmm. to changing the the um, yes the lifestyle? Okay, how was it for you? <laughs> yes, I, I went. Woo. Um. It was, it was very lonely, I could be honest with you. And um, I believe that the season of isolation is definitely needed. It's very important, especially for the building of a man or a woman of God, because it's the, in that place of isolation that God is able to show you who he is mm-hmm. without the world trying to tell you, okay, well, he's going to do this. He's going to do that. No, no, no. For you to build that relationship with him. And so a lot of people want to get out of that isolation period, but no, no, that is needed and it's necessary and it has to be done because that's where you find out who you are, begin to find out who God is. You begin to find out where you're supposed to be going. And so, yes, I went through the isolation and I believe that isolation is needed yes though it's hard it's needed <laughs> yes so i have a question so um when did you start feeling the tug of god when okay so like mm-hmm. you you going through this lifestyle you're like okay 
I know this isn't right. I know, I, you know, I got to change this. What was that like for you and how did you change it? What was the sudden like urgency for you to change? Okay. So it's going to be a funny story. Let's go. So I, was dating, I, was dating, I was dating somebody and I remember then the word because I, you know, I used to read the word all the time. I, being honest, the first book I probably read was Revelation just out of the blue. And I, before I had spiritual <laughs> understanding of Revelation, I wrote Revelation, I read it and I got so scared, right? <laughs> but I, um, I remembered in the Bible, in the book of Joel, that it has said that before the day of the Lord, that there will be um, basically that, that the moon would turn dark and the, no, the sun would turn dark and the moon will be turned into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord. And so I already knew that that was meant a solar eclipse and a lunar eclipse. So one day while I was dating this person, there was a solar eclipse and I was filled with so much fear. I was like, oh God. <laughs> so, I had, so that day I broke up with the person and I said, you know, maybe I can get it right, right here, right now, you know, at the <laughs> minute so that I don't have to go to hell, you know. And so I literally was like, God, okay, I'm going to do this or whatever. And that, from then, I, I felt the tug of God there. And then later on, um, it was actually two more times where my bishop, which is um, the, the man of God that's over me, um, he basically said to me, um, Brandon, if you go out there and go and, you know, have intercourse again, you're going to die. The fear oh, wow. of the Lord struck me <laughs> and I never went out again. I, mean, yeah. it was, I never went out again. But then the third time was, and that was the time that I knew was during um, the coronavirus era mm -hmm. where it had just started and, you know, everybody was out of the schools and stuff. I used to work at the school, um, out, out of the school and everybody, you know, kind of got fearful and stuff. And I was like, okay, I need to get my life together because I don't know if I'm going to be one of the ones that's going to leave here. And so that's when I began to make a prayer corner or prayer altar, which is where I'm at now. Um, and, I came here and I met God at the same place, the same time, every single day. Mm. And I literally grew in my relationship with him. Amen. Amen. And so on your, on your journey. Okay. So mm. this is a question I've always wanted to ask someone, um, you know, outside of myself. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it's like God have put me in a season of literally just talking to people of the homosexuality um, community. Mm. And, it's not always easy, <laughs> you know, to bring them into the word. But see what I've noticed. I understand now why I had to go through what I went through in that season of my life was simply because I can relate. OK, mm -hmm. and it's different when you can relate to someone and say, hey, can I share a testimony with you? And they like more. Well, 99.9% .9 of the time they've always said yes. And when I start sharing like, hey, I was molested, I was raped, I I went through this, you know, um, narcissistic abusive relationship for 10 plus years. And then I went into another relationship that was narcissistic. And then and I begin to tell them then, and then I say, start telling them like, you know, then I swayed over here to this side. And, you know, I live the lifestyle that you're living. I almost lived it. Um, but let me tell you what God did. And it, there seemed to be more acceptant. Now, when it comes to on the other end, because I've never had no one come and witness to me in that, you know, during my time. What what is that like when people come and ministering to you when you know, especially you already seem like you already had an open heart with God anyway. It was just some things that was, you know, that took place that kind of put you mm -hmm. over in this side. But what is it like and how how do people 
how sh- I guess the question I'm asking is how should people approach those that are living in this um, lifestyle? Okay. Um, of course, I approach them with, co- with, with love, but with the truth as well, mm-hmm. because the Bible says that perfect love casts out all fear. Mm-hmm. And when you begin to use the love of God, you begin to destroy many bondages and chains that are in people's lives. Um, not necessarily saying to compromise, mm-hmm. but what I'm saying is to come forth in knowing that they're a person. I always tell people that have a men's ministry. I always tell them when you're talking to people, look at them as their mirror because you are human and they're human as well. And so treat them how you would want to be treated. Don't come at them negatively because you would not want them to come at you negatively, but you come at them in a way of helping and trying to bring them forward. Now, not everybody's going to accept it and that is perfectly fine, Mm -hmm. but there is a way to come to people and that's with love and respect. And so, um, I would also say this, that every single, um, scenario is not the same. Yeah. You know, not everybody was molested. Not everybody was raped. Not everybody was, you know, in that area or dealt with that very thing, but it could have been something that was in their generations and it just came through the generational bloodline. And so we must be able to use our testimony to be able to pull people in. And that's the power in the testimony. The Bible says we overcame the enemy by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. And our testimony is so powerful because it tells the people, listen, I know what you're going through and I can help you get to where I am now because of what I've been through. I've been where you are. And this is why I'm here now because I've been there and Jesus Christ delivered me and set me free. Yes. Yes. I like that. Um, and so moving forth. Okay. Cause I ran across one of your videos. He's on TikTok. Everybody, he's got like 300,000 plus <laughs> people that's following him. Um, but I, I, I ran across one of your recent videos and you were talking about your hair. Okay. Because a lot of people, they struggle with change. I want to talk about change. Okay. And so a lot of people, they struggle with change. And there are some things that God told me that I couldn't do anymore. And at first I couldn't understand that. I was just like, well, why? He's just like, because your anointing is tied to that. And he, he has not given me permission to release what that is, but I'm going to leave it there. But there's some things that he told me I could not do, could not wear and could in certain things that most women like to do that I can't do. And so I was just like, okay. And he began to say that your anointing is tied to it because when I see when people see you, they need to see purity. They need to see, you know, they need to see the work that I have in you and not basically the things that you have on and certain, you know, things that women wear and do. And so I said, okay, God. And so, but so when I seen your video, I was like, oh, that's confirmation. God do talk in this way. (laughs) And so he asked you um, to cut your hair. And that was something that you went publicly about, which is actually when I found out about your, your past, because I've, you know, I've watched your lives. I don't, you know, hear you. I don't probably don't think I've heard it before, but it was one of my first times hearing it. Um, so let's talk about that because there's some people struggling with the change. How easy was it to cut all that hair off of your head? <laughs> Cause you have some it long dreads. Not easy. I <laughs> promise it. But I remember I was going through um, um, a, a time period with God and, and it seemed to be very uncomfortable. It was actually before the revival that I um, had in March and it was a very uncomfortable season because before a revival, God has to now transform you completely and make sure that you're ready to, you know, bring forth the revival to people. And so there was an immense change that he was doing even in me. And so it was very uncomfortable. And then to top it all off, I was sitting by the water and I was praying. Um, and 
I heard a very soft voice say, I need you to cut your hair. <laughs> it's on me. I said, oh, who is that talking to me? Say it. I don't know who that is. And so I, I knew in a way that it was God's voice, but you know me, I'm like, okay, well, I want confirmation. If you really want me to cut my hair, I want you to tell me, show me the dream, have somebody come by me and do whatever. But next day, days came on and I, I was praying and stuff and I keep hearing them say, I need you to cut your hair. Mm. I said, okay, still <laughs> confirmation. If you want me to cut my hair, let somebody on TikTok say, cut your hair, do this or whatever, <laughs> give somebody a dream, a vision, something like that because I'm not cutting my hair until you tell me that you know right you uh, wanted to hear from somebody else that did not know the situation then march 18th i believe that yes (laughs) somebody give me confirmation so march 18th came and literally i um was i was in prayer and i remember it was a different like when i woke up it was like a different spirit um it was like a calmness and a peace that i had and I literally um, came to this place and I was praying and worshiping God. And I heard him say it again. I need you to cut your hair and I need you to do it before the revival, which is on March 24. Mm. And um, I was more so I was I was like, OK, you know, I'll do it. But as he was speaking and he says to me, the reason why I did not send confirmation to you is because you know that you heard my voice. Mm. You know, he said, you can hear me for everybody else, but you can't hear me when I'm talking to you. And I said, okay. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? I'm going to cut my hair. And I cried. I mean, I cried. You know, it was like a, like a, oh, yeah. okay. I would, I would do it. <laughs> I had to embrace I, yourself. <laughs> yeah. I had to say, I said, okay, God, I'll, I'll do it. I'll, I'll cut my hair. And so I went to the barbershop um, and he was like, are you sure you want to cut your hair? Absolutely. Please just cut it. Because <laughs> if you don't cut it right now, I, I might just run out of here with my hair. And he cut it. And I promise you, I felt the biggest release that I've ever mm. had in my life. Um, and I would say this is when um, I actually put another video out there of me actually burning the hair. And God told me that, um, it, that there was nothing wrong with my hair. And I want to make sure that everybody knows that. Um, that there was nothing wrong with the hair, but what what it was was that personally for me, he was saying that tied into your past. A lot of people don't understand that you know, um, like different things, like maybe blankets you may have gotten from someone, or hair, or they hold stuff in it, especially um long hair like that. It will hold your past in it, and so he said, I wanted you to cut it away and burn it away. Mm. And some of the things that I still was dealing with when I had the hair, I have not dealt with. <laughs> wow. So I'm yeah, that's amazing. God. Yeah, that's amazing. That is, that is a wonderful testimony. Because So for those who are listening, the reason why you may not be getting a response is because God said you know his voice. <laughs> you don't need to send confirmation. Because there's there's been some things that me and my husband have been pressing into God for. And was just like, why are we not hearing anything? What's going on here? And so that actually... You just fed me right now. (laughs) It's probably because God have already told us (laughs) the answer and we need to just roll with it. And so um, when it's coming to your conference, I believe you have something that's getting ready to come up. Is that correct? You have a yes. Let's talk about it. So because, you know, I want you to be able to put that out there for those who's in the surrounding areas. Again, he is in Fort Lauderdale. So. You know, I know this is being heard here in Tallahassee or whoever turns it on, but hey, it's not that far away. And so let's talk about this. Um, is it a revival? 
Yes. Okay, let's talk so, about this revival. The Lord has blessed me to actually start a revival conference that has been moving and it's going to be moving across the USA. Amen. And so the first one was in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, which is not where I live. And it was a great, it was a big revival. I thank God for it. Um, literally, it blessed me because there were so many young people that were even at my age that, that ran up to the altar without even being pulled to the altar, but they ran up and literally fell to their knees and was just crying out to God. And there was this such a spirit of liberty and freedom that was there that just blew my mind. And so I could say I was wrecked the whole night. I was just, <gasps> I was, I was crying. And so the next one, which is June 2nd in Dallas, Texas, God told me to go to Dallas. And so it will actually be in Dallas, Texas this um this summer june 2nd of 2023 it is called thy kingdom come revival um and anybody can come it's a free revival i don't have no money out there so nobody pay you know you don't gotta pay with that but it is a free revival you could come and just get jesus that's amen <laughs> amen that's crazy if i said <laughs> if we hear texas one more time i believe that's what the lord is going to be doing I've some great things everyone. in texas yeah it's like everyone's talking about texas um and so i don't know what's going on in texas but i guess we about to find out <laughs> so <laughs> what, what can people expect when they come is it going to be like praise and worship is it going to be a word what, what can they expect when they go to this yeah. revival praise and worship a word you could expect deliverance you could expect breakthrough um healing if you need healing um but i believe everything that you may need may will be in that place okay amen is um pastor will gonna be there too at this one from dallas texas he should be. He okay. said he would. Okay. All right. Well, yes. that's gonna that's gonna he be awesome. That's gonna be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, how can everyone reach you? Um, and what is some encouraging words that you can give someone that is, you know, going through some of the things that you have been through? Um, you know, one of the things that literally just as soon as I said that was not to give up hope, because a lot of times we tend to give up hope in the midst of the trial or the midst of the situation, not realizing that you're almost there. You're almost to the finish line yeah. in that breakthrough. And so what was some things or what is something that God is placing on your heart right now to give some type, some type of encouragement word? And, and you just took it out my, my mouth. I was actually about to say that. So we thank God for being in the same spirit. Right. But um, I was going to say, um, keep faith. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Always trust in God. Um, you may not see it, but you have to know that you're going there. Though you may not see where you're going, know that you're going somewhere and God is leading you somewhere. And so faith is literally, like the Bible says, the evidence of things hoped for are Faith, now it's the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things unseen. Mm -hmm. And so you may not see it, but you have evidence that you're getting there because you have God with you. And so I would say, keep going, be not weary and well doing, continue to move on and continue to press on because you could be at the edge of your breakthrough. Mm -hmm. Do not give up and do not give in, but continue to go forward in Christ Jesus. Amen. And I do want to ask some questions about this TikTok because listen, brother, <laughs> I this morning <laughs> was heavy persecution against me. I mean, I had people throwing every bit of scripture at me. Women can't preach. You need to cover your hair. Oh. Who's giving you the authority? You shouldn't be speaking in tongues. That's for a private matter. And it's like, man, are you experiencing some of the persecution on there? Because I think you'd be up yes. to like three, sometimes 400 people viewing at a time. Like, what is it like on your end? And um, also talk about how your TikTok even came about. Like, what inspired you to start teaching and preaching? Um, and I think you've even did some deliverance on there before, if I'm not mistaken. 
Yes. And so um, the persecution factor, yes, um, for the longest. And one thing that I've learned about this world is that they don't like the truth. Nobody right. likes to get the truth. Nobody wants to even find out the truth. And when you give them the truth, ah, they're offended <laughs> with the truth. And so um, I would even say this um, concerning um, even what you're talking about with the um, women preaching and stuff of that sort. God says he's not a respecter of person. The Bible also says that in the spirit, there is no male or no female, but it's only Christ. And so with that being said, what does it matter if a woman is preaching the gospel or a man is preaching the gospel? What matters is that the gospel is being preached. That's Paul's. Mm -hmm. And so we have to make sure that we are focusing on the right thing, because if we focus on things of this carnal world, guess what's going to happen? We're going to stay right here in a carnal world. Yeah. Amen. But if we focus on things of the spirit, then we're able to move forward as Christ mm -hmm. allowed for us to. But with the TikTok, God has allowed for me to get this brand, grand following. Um, and I'm so grateful for it. I'm humbled by it, actually. I would say sometimes it's overwhelming. I, I promise, because um, so I'm just happy you saw my message in the midst of it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and so many people are coming. Oh, pray here, pray this, and pray that. Sometimes let people know I'm human and I'm not God. So what I do is I usually say, "Go to God mm -hmm. for yourself," because you have the ability to do so through what Jesus Christ has done. And so, um, with TikTok, um, it actually started when I actually started my walk and I made a video uh, talking about Peter and I thought this was so funny where Peter got upset and cut the man's ear off and I was just cracking up laughing on there and then overnight literally the video blew up to about some uh, hundred thousand you know and stuff and people was following me and stuff like that and then I heard the Holy Spirit say now you need to start doing Bible studies and mm -hmm. I started doing Bible studies on live and you know all of this stuff and people were following and liking and stuff of that sort and I found out that this could be a, a ministry um, here on TikTok and so I, I've been doing that ever since I think that started maybe 2020 okay and it's, been it's crazy I literally through. just got on TikTok this year <laughs> so, I was just like I, I don't even know how I stumbled across it but um, I, you know how you just kind of get on to view and, yes. and the crazy thing is, is when I was on there um, I was just looking at and I saw different ministers and I was like you know I, I could do that, you know, because I've already been I was already pastoring, already been ministering, already been giving the word, already holding small group studies. So I was like, you know, this is a way to reach more people because there's a lot of people on TikTok. Um, and so I said, OK, I said, God, if you give me the thousand that I need, I will do with whatever you need me to do. Let me tell you. And so I want to say probably. OK, so I was at this. this that, yes, Holy Ghost. So I was at church one Sunday and in praise in the midst of praise and worship, the Holy mm -hmm. Spirit began to speak. He began to give me this prophetic word. And I said, OK, I'm, I'm, I'm like type typing away. And it never happened before. Like he gives me prophetic wording, but it never took place during mm -hmm. the time of worship in church. And so he began to give it to well, me. I began to write mm -hmm. it. And then all I heard was you need to take this and you need to go on to TikTok and you need to deliver this message. And I felt an urgency. And so I said, okay, I'm going to do it. I, I Just like you said, within minutes, I think I posted it with after the, like the first, I start seeing a bunch of dings. I'm like, what is going on over here? So I turned it on. I think within like the first 10, 15 minutes, it was already up to like, I want to say maybe like over 2000 views. And I was like, whoa, 
I was like, okay, but see, it got me the the thousands that I needed. And see, I'm never really on numbers. I can really care less about that. But I knew you had to have a certain amount to get on there to do videos. And so I'm not gonna lie. Did I start doing <laughs> lives? I did, and I was terrified of it. I was yeah. like, I don't want to do that. And then I just heard God, like he kept prompting me saying, you asked for the thousand and you said you would go live for me. So he held me to that. <laughs> and, and now that's what I've been doing. But um, he's, he's got me at this 6 a.m. thing. It's been a struggle almost every morning. I'm like, God, do I got to get up this morning to do this? And he's like, yeah, Jesus got up. So it's time to get up. <laughs> and so I've been on this 6 a.m. journey Monday through Friday where I get on there and I literally do a, um, I do prayer, you know, I open in prayer. And then right now God had me in Matthew to teach because there's a lot of new believers on there, like a lot of people who are like baby Christians. And it's like, mm-hmm. you know, they don't know much, you know, when it comes to the word. So God was like, I need you to teach them about the life of Jesus in his ministry. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we've been focused on. But I'm telling you, since I've started in the book of Matthew. I have not had heavy persecution like this on TikTok since I started talking about the life of Jesus. Um, And I've had it to the point where I've had people email me, calling me out my name. I mean, it it is just crazy. I was just like, had to block them. And I was just like, yeah, that means I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. Because God said that when, you know, when you begin to do his work, you will be persecuted like him, but count it all joy. And so I just count it all joy. I laugh at it and keep it rolling like, oh, thank you, enemy, for letting me know that I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. Um, And so how can people find your handles, your YouTube, your TikTok? All of them are BK the pastor. Everything (laughs) on Instagram, on Snapchat, on TikTok, on Facebook. Um, You on YouTube? On YouTube, absolutely. It's on it's on YouTube as well, BK the Pastor. Um, if you want to add my personal um, Facebook page, is Brandon Knight, as the name is here, B R A N D Y N K N I G H T. Right. Thank don't put don't put the O N. Okay. Yeah. It's, a it's not O N. It's Y. <laughs> <laughs> well, good, good. Thank you so much. And don't forget, say one last time about this conference and where it's going to be at, just for those who didn't get a chance to catch it. Listen, that Kingdom Come Revival Conference is going to be in Dallas, Texas on June 2nd of 2023. Do not miss it. If you need any tickets to be, you know, frontline and stuff of that sort to be at the revival, please feel free to message me on any social media and I'll send you the link for it. Once again, the tickets are free. It's just to ensure that you have a seat. <laughs> yes. And what and, and what I'm going to do is um, I'm going to also, for those who are listening and was like, you know what? I didn't get to catch that um, because you're maybe you're driving or something. You can go out to my um, for to my YouTube and you'll be able to see this live. Okay. You'll be able to see the footage of us um, and, you know, his interview. And then also I'm going to put that link in the comment section. Okay, not just in the comment section, but in the little section where um, where you can give a description and then you'll be able to register from there. And so thank you so much for coming on. Thank I you. you welcome. You welcome. I hope those that is listening that this was a true, truly, truly blessing to you. And those who want to go back. Hey, if you know, there's someone that is going through some of the things that we have discussed and you feel led in your spirit to send it to them, send it to them so that they can be set free and delivered just like we were. All right. Everyone be blessed. Thank you again for coming on the show (laughs) and we are out for be the light all right and if you want to look us up you can go to be the light dot live i'm no longer bound i'm no longer chained i'm no longer kept
captive, no longer restrained Delivered, set free and free to be me Let me introduce myself Thank you so much for tuning in to Be The Light. If you are looking for a life coach or maybe you're looking for some inner healing, please visit BeTheLight.Live. Again, that is BeTheLight.Live. And you can also follow us on YouTube for a replay of this show at Zakia Robinson. Be blessed. My name is...